Hi, everybody, and welcome to John Hennigan's Old Time Radio Show. So glad you could join us. It's going to be really terrific. we got some really wacky, zany old records for you tonight. Boy, oh boy. It's, it's going to be a swell time. <laughs> It's July 24th, 2018. John's Old Time Radio Show coming to you live from the record room of R. Crumb. Tell the kids what we're doing today. African music. I don't even know what to say about that record. I don't think you have to say anything about it. I think you either 
had the religious experience that we just had or you already turned this podcast off so <laughs> right you're kind of one of those two things yeah we're just gonna play a lot of crazy african records yeah and you got a lot of and them thing is uh I'm no expert on this. I don't know much about it. I don't know where that's from. Probably Uganda. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. East Africa somewhere maybe, but... It says Luganda on the label. So yeah, I guess so it's that's from Uganda. Uganda. So that's a dialect. And the name of the people is Galabuzi and Party. Hmm. They certainly seem to be having a party. Yeah, that, that is... That's the kind of party I want to go to. But it's kind of almost hard to believe that they even were able to record that. How did they get to record that? Yeah, you mean like just finding that music? Like in finding jungle it and music? like setting up microphone and saying, okay, take take one. <laughs> you know, what's and, what's, and what's amazing is how, how good that came out. You know? Yeah, it's actually quite well recorded. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't yeah, know it's, a, did it's it, amazing. Somebody did a great job. It's probably from the 50s, 1950s, which, you know, was kind of a golden age of recording in Africa. The late 40s through the... Late 60s. Yeah. Kind of a 20 year period there. It actually lasted up into the late 60s. Very still similar to the really good late stuff. 20s to mid 30s yeah. in America. Yeah. In a way, right? Yeah. Even kind of slightly longer period, but yeah. much later because Africa was behind technologically. So they still had vast rural population sure. playing the, you know authentic sounding music. And the music business wasn't that well organized yet, you know. Especially over there, right? So they're just recording everything and anything, right. apparently. That's exactly what they, yeah. they did. You can so, tell from listening to that's it. That's right. Yeah. Some stuff is very amateurish. Sometimes the singers are, can barely you know, carry a tune. And, you know. It goes from like incomprehensibly like amateur to like super slick and yeah. everything in between. Yeah, that's right, yeah. and then there's this primitive tribal music like that. Yeah, you know, and then there's stuff that's kind of like sounds like rural farmer music, you know, like yeah. American country music with this very white influence, obviously from the colonial influence, you know. And then there's that kind of you know, somewhat a little bit slicker urban sounding music, and then some of which is good. Yeah, there's some stuff that's too polished for for my taste, you know. From yeah. From that period, but not that much, you know. Yeah. It's not doesn't predominate like it did in America by the fifties. That's what predominated. Finding raw, authentic music in the fifties is rare on record. Probably existed more in real in real life than it did on record, actually, in America. Right. But <clears throat> okay, let's find another one. Here's a record I got from you recently. Oh my God, this is so good. Quesi Pepera. Luckily, I have two from this band. You do? Oh, Yeah. Okay. Although the other one that I have from this band is called different. It's called the Cam Cam Band. The Cam band, Cam Band, huh? I'm sure it's the same group. Huh. Same singer, same guitar. Huh. I, lo I love this record. This is one of my favorite African guitar records. Yeah? Wow. Huh. Something really, really hypnotic and beautiful about this. This seems to be pre-war, actually. Yeah. That, uh, John Ward told me that was around 1930. Nah, it's later than that. I'd say I'd say 1940. I don't think so. No, maybe late 30s. 30. You have Cam Cam Band. You said right, recorded it's not, 37. It's, not 30, it's, a, it's 37. That's what you say about the Cam okay, Cam so Band. Yeah. 
My lovely wife Eden has joined us. Yes. What do you think of that record? Uh, I heard thirty seconds. That was recorded the same year Robert Johnson recorded. (laughs) That's right. That's the crossroads of Africa. Yeah. Did he sell his soul? (laughs) Quasi Pepera. Yeah, it's great. So great. Who did he sell his soul to? Guess we'll never know. (laughs) That that the scale is like. Yeah, all the chords sound like sixth and ninth chords. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really out there. Weird. Yeah, harmonically. I was trying yeah. to think of what it reminds me of, and I, I can't put my finger on it. It just sounds like the chords sound like sophisticated modern jazz chords. Yeah, it's almost like early, like you ever hear that piano player Bill Evans? Yeah. It sounds like the beginning of like Bill <laughs> Evans, you know? Maybe that's what, do, Bill do I have a, a country for that, where it came from, circled there? Uh, you say Mama Lana, whatever that means. I don't know what oh, Mama no, Lana no, no. is. That's something else. 
No, oh, right. you don't have the name of the country. Okay. But I have a couple other African records from from Ghana. The 30s. from Ghana. Oh. Yeah. I have a couple of other ones from the 30s that have that similar type of harmonics. Like oh, that. you do? Yeah. That's huh. this, the Saki band. You ever heard them? They kind no, of have the same that. kind of weird chords like that. So... I could dig it. I could dig it. I, I, want, I want to ask you a, a collecting question. So you have this unbelievable record collection. I certainly yeah. do. It's you, meh. Well, I knew she'd, she'd start mocking us immediately upon arrival. What else am I supposed to do? That's okay. That's her role in this yeah. podcast. Okay, so, you, so you have this amazing life. record collection, right? You've yes. You've been collecting ever since you were very young. 16, yeah. Okay. But you also... Like, never let collecting consume you like it does so many people. What? What I'm saying is, I mean, look at what else he's accomplished with his life. He's not just a guy. I mean, there's some people that their whole lives are record collecting. Like, I could see myself, like, if I didn't have to do so much other stuff, like, slipping into that trap where you just can't. Well, all you do is chase down records to the point where there's no other time left in the day. So how do you go through life, make it this far, have this kind of fabulous record collection, and still not let records like just totally consume your entire existence. Because I also have other interests, such as masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there a comic where he said records are consuming his life and he should just throw them all out? Yeah, actually, they yeah, consume yeah. my life far too much, in fact. Yeah. He, he Over wakes the past up, 50 years. He wakes up at like 2 p.m., right? No, I go well, to sleep at, at 3 p.m. He has his king's <laughs> breakfast in the morning. He has his king's breakfast. He comes upstairs, he putters around, he doodles, makes a little sketchier doodle there. And he listens to records. Makes some doodles. After that, that's But don't it. even listen to records so much as like I'm always like looking for records and pouring over information about records. So or more than actually listening. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I mean, uh, you, you're like a world-renowned artist. Uh, I hate to even bring that right, up. Right, right. You, you play music. You have a family. You do all kinds of activities. There's some guys, we know some of them, They every it's eat, breathe, sleep well, records. As, as I've often joked to people, I'm a whore for old records. Yeah. You know, I've done lots of artwork in exchange for old records. And way too much. Just edit it right there. Al I'm a, I'm Aileen a whore. is... <laughs> Right. Aileen is not happy about that at all. Why should she be? Yeah. So she says, come on, you got enough records. You have to do some artwork for some money. Make some money. Yeah. What's wrong with you? Come on. You can get a lot of money for that artwork. You're a woman and your wife is starving on the streets. I saw her panhandling. Like she's wearing, she's dressed in rags. She's dressed in tatters. She can't even. They're like, isn't your husband the famous genius Robert She can't even afford any more Botox injections. Yeah. Now I'll trade you 20. How do you know that when he's doing all these things, playing with the grandkids? Doodling sketches. Doodling. You know? He's not thinking about the records. I am well, a lot of the you're time. You're not consuming his brain. I am. Well, like a, I, know I, I am a lot of the an time. An earwig too. in I, But there. also, like, you know, for me, like, personally, just, just playing music is another, you know, big satisfaction I get in life that actually does take you out of the collecting world for a while. Yeah, and Of yeah. course, I, I have to yeah. work a lot, so, yeah, you, you know, but while I'm working a lot of time, I'm actually thinking about records. Yeah, which is visions of, of labels are dancing in your head. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of sick and pathetic. I think it John, is. like, the top of his head, you know, it, that should be like a 78, a tattoo. Get a tattoo. Should I get the Missing Willie Brown tattoo? He's so good. 
No one will understand it except like the worst people in the world are coming. Maybe it'll make it come to me. Maybe they'll think that it's the record itself. I don't know about you, but part of it for me is I've just had this collecting compulsion since I was nine years old. I had to collect something. When I was nine years old, I suddenly started collecting marbles, uh, cards, like gum cards. uh, Matchbox cards. Really? Yeah. 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 I had boy stuff too. I liked everything. I had matchbook cards. I, I started collecting baseball cards, and I had this fabulous baseball card collection. And I realized I was very young. I realized I don't even like baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have these cards. But you get the gum in the pack. And it was just a thrill to get them and, and complete your team. If you had complete the complete the series. Get hooked on the series. Just see them lay them all out in front of you there. You know, it's a series. Sick. Yeah. I remember yeah. my father being disgusted with me. <laughs> When I told him how valuable my baseball card collection was, mm-hmm. yeah. he goes, I'll tell you what, you get someone to buy these baseball cards from you, and that's when they're worth something. Right now, mm-hmm. they're, they're, what do you call them, kindling for the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> so then... And he was right. I couldn't well, sell them. I ended up dumping them. Think about it. There's no movie heroes that are collectors. There's no heroes in films that are collectors. It's not a heroic thing. It's not looked upon as a... It's a selfish, grasping, Seinfeld is craving. But that's what I mean. That's what my question was, because it's a, it's a neurosis. I mean, uh, I've been neurotic my whole life, and one of my outlets has been collecting. So my point is, it's just that, like, you had a... I know a lot of people who spend a lot more time thinking and trying to acquire records than you seem to do, who don't have a fucking fraction of the records that you have. And you're not one of these guys... That goes to auctions and like bids up a lot of money on records. Like you're not I one of those guys. I can't do that. Can't do it. I mean, you could do it, but you're into. That's what I'm saying. Talk about how I'm like psychologically incapable of that. Right, you're psychologically incapable of that. So how the fuck did you make all this happen? Maybe because he's, he's cheap. Is it just time? There's a money cut off, and he won't spend a certain amount. So that's it. That's, well, well, that's true. It's not even it's not even cheapness exactly. It's just I think like I, I, I'm already experiencing this thing where like. Now, so, so many records are so much more valuable than when I first started collecting. But in my mind, a Memphis Jug Band Victor, unless it's from like the 23,000 series, like that's a hundred to a hundred and fifty dollar record clean. I can't pay any more than that, you know. Right. Gus right. Cannon is like a two hundred and fifty to three hundred dollar record if it's clean on Victor or Bluebird. I can't pay yeah. any more than that. Now, luckily, I have a lot of those yeah, records. Yeah, right. I, so sorry. it's okay. I, I'm like that also. Yeah. Thank God. He comes from an era where, you know, he was getting Mississippi Mississippi Sheik's records for $20. That's right. So Please. now then... then yeah. So, so I understand that you can't just show over $800 for yeah. a Mississippi Sheik's record after acquiring a fabulous amount of that kind of stuff at a different era. I, I get that. I, don't, I wouldn't call that cheap exactly. That's just, that's part of the whole, you know. Yeah, I... You know, part of me draws a line at how sick I'm willing to get with this thing. Like the opportunities I had to steal records from an archive and stuff, and I just that's that's going over a line, yeah, crossing a line. Couldn't you steal like a Wilmer Watts or? I could have. I could have stole Banjo Sam from the oh. JEMF Memorial Foundation, and in LA they had this room full of unbelievable records, and no one was watching them, and the back door wide open. You, me and Terry were there. We, we talked about it. we could just walk out of here with, with armloads of records. Nobody would see us. Nobody would bat an eyelash. But we decide that's just too that's too sick. That's we didn't do bad. it. But what do you think ever became? It probably got destroyed or something. No, no, they that they, they, they got put away somewhere. They're all stashed away somewhere now. The J E M F collection. So that's like one of those archives that no one's doing anymore. I don't know. I'm not sure. Let's let's listen to Gumetti's concertina band. Okay.
has two concertinas, I think. Fabulous record. I should mention that now the listeners are going to hear a little background noise. It's our fan. We tried working without it. It's not possible. So <sighs> can't do without the fans. Yeah, forget it. Turn it's it too dang hot around. Mm. Yeah, about that. What do you got there? This is a record with a mandolin playing on it. This is uh, by F.H. Simon Amalo and Ibrahim Abanyo. We didn't put that on that last podcast, did we? Just thinking that. Yeah, you know, I, I can check right here for my phone. Okay. Because I have the photos. Let's check it to make sure. People are going to think you're losing it. Podcast is over. Every podcast is exactly the same. It only has 12 records. <laughs> Same records, just different talk. Nope, I don't see it. Yeah, okay. Totally good. Now we're going to hear uh, 
Sukilo by Laurent Kasongoma. Probably from the '60s. I, think yeah. I, I I didn't look at that label and think that that would be from the '60s, but it faded out. Yeah. You want to go there and see if people are performing? I mean, it, it's possibly. I mean, they would have had faders on whatever recording equipment they were using in the '50s. They might have just had to fade people out randomly because they couldn't get their attention at time. I thought that record was going on a long time. Does it go to the? Pretty, pretty really close like to the label. Yeah. Pretty close. Not all the way, but pretty close. I don't know. But could be sixty. I, I don't know anything about so. those labels and what they represent as far as years. I, I, I never associated that label. You know, the the other music that I have on that label doesn't impress me as being like. So well, by the time it gets to that recording. that more modern Gallotone label, like that, you have a couple of examples of it, and it's still great music. Some of course, it's got to be in the already pretty much in the late sixties, I think. 
Do you think that's late 60s? That, that, that later Galatone label. They recorded really well. Yeah. And it, it, it's more vinyl than shellac. You know, it looks like yeah. vinyl. It looks like an LP more, you know. True, yeah. So, but certain kind of African music, I mean, that's fairly polished, you know. It's fairly well rehearsed, and they have a stop in there that they do and all that. So it's sort of not exactly slick, but it's a little more or something like that but still it sounds very authentic and local it doesn't sound oh, like yeah. inter music interfered with by businessmen you know no, so it's no. still great even though it's got you know kind of maybe a little bit more sophistication it's still real authentic sounding you know? and, there's, and there's a bunch of stuff like that that I found from the 60s mm -hmm. you know that it's kind of interesting you have to look at kind of re-gear your mind to a whole different timeline than, that, than what happened in the West you know that happened in America and Europe do you want to play that Galatone that I gave you from the 60s? If I can remember the name. Yeah, that's a problem. Do you remember the name of the guy? It was great. It's a great record. No idea. That last Actually, Galatone. Actually, yes, I do know, because you I, have I have the picture right here. Okay. Yeah. <coughs> this is E. Kathi. Kathi or Khati, I don't know how you pronounce it. E. Khati. South Africa. It says Zulu concertina, but it's not concertina, right? It's guitar and vocal. <laughs> and to my ears, this is just completely made up, but uh, I think these are the guys that were possibly influenced by John Pengu. They, oh. They're kind of playing that kind of style, but who knows if he really created that style or not, but it's the earliest recording of that style that I know of with my limited knowledge. <laughs> Wow. 
That's tops. That's some deep shit. That is. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> what if he's just saying that like, whoever buys this is your name? This record is meaningless. Life is meaningless. Incredible. Yeah. 60s. Incredible. Yeah. It sounds so old. Yeah, I would turn my nose up at that label five years ago. Me I too. Just, I would just pass it right by. Would you give it a second thought? That's right. Why does it look so modest? It's too modern. modern. Yeah, it but you know, the music on that is equivalent to what was on Paramount in the 1930s. So now you yeah. got to rethink your whole life. Like, what you about do. all the other labels? You got to rethink everything. You do. Well, you what about that story you told me about like years ago when you in somebody's garage? You had a bunch oh of. Oh my God! Let's <gasps> hear that. Oh, I was in. That was in when I lived in California. A guy I kind of vaguely knew so that how knew. How many years ago is this? This is in the mid 80s. The guy I vaguely knew, um, no, I, no I, I knew the guy, but he knew I was vaguely interested in 78s, and he happened on a garage sale in, in Davis, which is about 20 miles from where I live, and he said the garage the guy had boxes and boxes of African 78s, and he bought about 20 of them if they were 50 cents a piece or something. He <laughs> <laughs> brought them to my house, and uh, he... I picked about, I don't know, five or six of them out to, to keep, and th they all turned out to be great. And then I, you know, I said to the guy, oh, where was that garage? So we got to go back there, and uh, we never did. We never got around to going back to the guy's house. <laughs> he said there were boxes and boxes of them. We got to get them. Get them in the garbage. Probably. Because nobody wanted them. Maybe someone found them in their cell. Nobody wanted them. <laughs> I know. I just didn't... I just... My mindset was too fixated on that 20s, 30s thing. I just couldn't get outside of it enough to yeah. pursue it, you know? But there's so much, especially ethnic music, that doesn't fit the American parameters of... Or the timeline, the yeah. killed music. Yeah, because I mean, for me, for decades, the golden age was the 20s, you know, and just a little bit into the 30s, you know, and I, I started stretching it more into the 30s a little bit later with those blues and stuff like that, but some country stuff. But, you know, jazz for me has a big cutoff point, like 1932, bing, bong, that's it. There's hardly anything after that. Yeah, almost nothing. Yeah, for me, you know. That you know. Well, no, I, well, I pretty, pretty know. Much I pretty know much know what was recorded in American Europe in that period. You know, jazz. It just was jazz. Just changed dance, and jazz music, of those kind of bands. The, dance the rhythm bands. changed. And it all the, the whole mood, the feeling changed. The mood, yeah. It all changed, and it got slicker. I don't know. It's not as interesting. Yeah. But, so. For music from Africa, it's a whole completely different timeline. This golden ages that like the fifties and sixties. I don't know. Yeah. There's good stuff in the in the thirties too, but not as much. You just didn't record as much in the thirties. It's less of it. And that record we just listened to, that's like tops, and it's like sixties. Incredible, right? Yeah. Same. Same year Bob Dylan recorded. That's Dylan. right, exactly. It's the same period as Bob Dylan and Joan Baez and the Beatles and stuff like that, all that nonsense. Nonsense? <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of nonsense. <sighs> I hate all that stuff. You can't hate something you don't know. I know. I don't that I don't. Are you kidding? I know stuff is like, like 
forced into my ears for decades. Oh, yeah, I forget you're old. <laughs> Jeez. You seem like you're you you going like to fucking supermarkets and hear it. But <laughs> did you open your mind? Oh, I, well, in the 60s, I did. You know, I actually did voluntarily listen to that stuff in the 60s. What's, can you name one Beatles song? Oh, gee. One. I Want to Hold Your Hand. Ah, oh, that's so old, though. I mean, like the good stuff. The good stuff? That's not yeah. the good stuff? No, and it became really experimental. I like uh, Rocky Raccoon. That was kind of good. Yeah, boy. <laughs> that is good. What's wrong with that? What a cheesy Paul McCartney song. I like Paul McCartney. Shut the hell up. This podcast ends now. I like Paul McCartney, too. It's just when they separated, it was uh, is his wings. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Anyway, <laughs> we're doing. Robert are turning into twins. I'm fine. He's scrambling my brain over there. <laughs> it's just like when you say a statement like "I really hate this." Like if I say I hate Cardi B, I would make sure I at least know six songs of hers and give him a chance to jump over and over see if there's something there. And people have said that about me. They're like, oh, you don't like, you know, De La Soul or something. You've never heard them. And I'm like, yeah, I have like the first two albums and I could do. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really like it. And they're like, oh, okay. Usually when people say they hate something, they don't even know it. You know? That's true. You know? But I actually make sure I, I know it just because, I mean, not not all, I'm not going to buy a Britney Spears album or something like that. But for the most part, if I, I, I like to try a lot of different stuff. It's free on YouTube. I listen to the whole album and really listened, you know, several times. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, I actually really don't like the band Dale so that much. A couple times. Yeah. So when I say I hate John Hannigan, it's based on a lot of facts <laughs> and experiences that we've been through together, so You must like my wallet. Nah. Well, it's hard when you have to live together in one room without any privacy. That's tough. Can you imagine living like that? Oh, can't. Maybe I can't. Get along pretty, we have fights with stu- stupid fights. It is. Like quick yelling fights, like blah, 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 and then it's over. It's the price you pay for living in a rent-controlled apartment in the East Village. Yeah. That's how we're trying to get over here to the land of socialism. How hard, how hard am I to live with, John? Very easy. Very easy I mean, going. I think you guys should move to Newburgh. Newburgh? Where's Newburgh. that? You don't know about Newburgh? Yeah. It's the latest hip place, and it's cheap. <laughs> where, where is it? <laughs> it's a town, like a suburban town outside New York City. It's in New York s- State. It's part of New York State. Yeah. Are you being serious? Yeah. No, Kelly Schroer moved there. Yeah? She used to be the receptionist at the Zorner Gallery. She's a pioneer there. They moved into a somewhat like dangerous neighborhood, but, you know... She's she's a refined individual, so if she can handle it, you guys could. Wait, is that upstate? It's not way upstate. No, it's just out. out it's in the den- general New York area. I, I actually well, like upstate Jen New York. Jen New York, the, the little bit I've been up there, I like a lot of it. I really do. Yeah. But I don't think I can handle commuting. I mean, right. No, I think that's where Jen lived. Who sells the books? Never. She hated it. You know this guy, Paul Machupa. Yeah, I have that. It's a great. Thing. You have this record? Yeah, it's great. Guy's a great singer. Fantastic, yeah. He, um, he sings with this other guy whose name is never given. Yeah. <laughs>
Issues I have in my apartment in the summertime. It's <laughs> got a power problem. This one of those orange Columbia records with a lion on it. Yeah. Ismail Phillips. So fabulous stuff. Like oh that, yeah. So. It's so different. I don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. And they they never give you much information on the labels on the Columbia. But I don't know. They must have been recording some remote area or something. I don't know. A lot of them kind of sound like field recording yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah, it does. This is Jonas Mate. Really great. Younger, Lucy, I young, I young, 
One more to close the show out? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. This is the other side of this record is that uh, Beatrice Mbanjwa and her big boys. Oh, yeah, totally different. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell the kids what we're going to hear for our final record. This guy's name is Makolozetsi Maxampa. And it's the description is Petty Auto Heart, Petty, P-E-D-I, which is the name of uh, some small tribe of people that lived in northern Transvaal in South Africa. Hmm. And they would, according to Jonathan Ward, they would take auto harps and take the mechanism off and then retune it and play it in their own style. Huh. It sounds like finger piano or something. Interesting. This is very late also. This is the 60s record also hmm. all right thanks for doing it
audience so long for a while we love that's you. all the songs for a while we love you we love your audience thanks for tuning in to john's old time radio show Ooh, that was nice. please join us next time where john will chastise you call you stupid and say fuck off thank you and good night well, that's I'm, great. I'm great i'm gonna use that in every Fun. show every show's gonna end that's with that a from now on.